both guys have had their moments when they've, when they've been extremely sharp, but uh, it, this is really just about we have, to, we have to do a better job of protecting the football. That's an understatement, and that is Dirk Cutter talking about the latest quarterback switch for the Bucks. Jameis Winston out after four interceptions against Cincinnati. Time for Fitzmagic to come back in. We'll see if the Fitzmagic continues. I am Mike Neighbors. This is A Few Extra Bucks, our podcast on pewterpirates.com. We'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews in Lutz, Florida, on the corner of Northdale Mabry and Van Dyke. And, of course, Sea Dog Brewing Company. Great locations in Clearwater and in Treasure Island on the beach. Great brews, great food, great service. I was there the other night. Uh, really, you know, it's not your average everyday bar. It really isn't. I mean, really good menu. Good time to spend with uh, your wife, your date, uh, buddies all across the board. Uh, let's bring in uh, my partners, uh, Buccaneer Insider Roy Cummings, and our producer, the voice of reason, Justin Thomas. Boy, you can throw out a million stats that aren't good to Jameis Winston. Does anything stick out for you, Justin, right now? I'm all aboard the Fitzmagic hype train. Okay. We'll see how long it lasts. All right. You know, I'm going to bring in Roy. And, and Roy, you know, I know you've been a staunch defender of Jameis in a lot of ways. How much did that Cincinnati game, after you've had a couple of days to digest it, change your mind, or did it change your mind that much? Uh, well, it really didn't change my mind, um, and here's why. Uh, right now, Jameis Winston is, is just in a horrible slump. Um, that, that's my take on it, is that he physically, uh, he, he's, he's in a, his mechanics are completely messed up. Uh, mentally, he's uh, in a bad place. I think he's trying way too hard to um, do too much. And you know what, I, I, guys? I, I think it all stems from what Ryan Fitzpatrick did those first three games. I think Jameis Winston saw that, saw that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing at an exceptional level and felt like when he came back, I got to do the same thing. I got to play just as well as he did. Um, part of that's, you know, just the competitiveness, competitiveness in him. But the other part, I think, is just him, you know, feeling some pressure and thinking that if I don't do this, if I don't play this well, uh, A, they may, you know, fans may want uh, Fitzpatrick back. Uh, they may want, uh, the, the team may want Fitzpatrick back. You know, I've got I've to earn my spot here. And I think that's kind of messed him up mentally a little bit. And when you watch him physically, uh, as I said, the mechanics are all messed up right now. His feet are off. His arm angles are off. Um, you know, his, where his head is, 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 is wrong. And I mean that physically, not from a mental standpoint necessarily, although it's, you know, that's messed up too. Uh, and, and that's the problem. And that's why I, I'm not giving up on him just yet. I, I think there's plenty of good football left in Jameis Winston. I think it's easy to give up on Jameis Winston. And when I first saw the highlights from that game, because I was covering the Saints up in Minneapolis, getting ready for that Sunday night game, and I saw the tail end of that game. And I think the first thing I thought of was, man, if you're Jameis Winston, Roy, you got to fly back knowing that you were the reason. I know the defense wasn't great, but you're the reason they lost that game. And not only that, you mentioned Fitzmagic. He comes in, almost pulls him back, played well enough to pull him back. That's got to be a, a weird plane ride home. And here's where I think the problem with Jameis Winston lies. I was impressed the way he played in the preseason coming off the suspension. All the criticism had to be strange in that locker room on some fronts, even though the teammates supported him publicly. But coming back after that suspension, like you said, with Fitzmagic playing so well, Jameis Winston has used to be in the alpha dog. He's been that way in high school. He was that way at Florida State. 
He came in the number one overall pick. He was that way, obviously, his first three seasons. But you're not the alpha dog anymore. A lot of the teammates are, you know, are siding with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think psych- psychologically, I agree. I think that puts him in a different place. Yeah, it, I think it does. And again, you're right. Uh, this is a this is a different uh, situation for Jameis Winston in terms of you know where he is on the on the pecking order, so to speak. Um, he's hey, he's never never been benched before. I think it's a good thing for him actually um, that he is benched. Uh, again, I think he learned uh, during the three game suspension, if not before that, that um, this job is not you know it's not handed to you. You've got to earn it, and you've got to earn the right to keep it. It's a privilege to play in the NFL. I think you learn that through a suspension. Now I think he's learning that uh, it's a privilege to to maintain your job as the number one quarterback. That um, just because you're first overall draft pick doesn't mean you're going to necessarily have that job uh, forever uh, or as long as you want it. Uh, you've got to perform and you've got to perform well. Um, I'm a little, you know, I'm disappointed in Jameis and the Bucks that. They let it go this far. I, I, again, I think some of these mechanical issues um, have been prevalent now or present uh, at least for uh, the last couple of games. And I'm surprised that, you know, something wasn't done or maybe something wasn't. It just wasn't, wasn't followed. But, you know, my concern is that uh, not enough was done to correct that problem, uh, you know, prior to last week. And now you have this meltdown situation where, uh, he just plays so horribly that, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do. It's it's almost like it's it's too late. And, um, you know, now you have this this horrible issue here that you've got to overcome. So uh, there's, there's a lot at play here, really. But I think at the end of the day, I, I still think that, uh, as I said, there's a lot of good football left in Jameis Winston. And I think uh, uh, eventually you, you'll see him play good football again for the Buccaneers. Well, Roy, the reason I want to bring up that point about not being the, the main guy in the locker room is this is what troubles me about Jameis Winston is throughout all the distractions, and boy, he's had a ton the last five or six years at Florida State and even in the NFL, he's always been able to block it out. I've always been impressed, especially being a young guy in college, having all the circus and all the distractions around him, and granted, he caused them himself. But he always played through it. I mean, wins a Heisman Trophy, wins a national championship, uh, you know, had a winning season with Dirk Cutter. And all of a sudden, it just seems like this latest dynamic, though, with Fitzmagic has, has changed him mentally. Because before that, he would have so many distractions and play through it. And I thought he was, I guess, more mentally tough than this in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I could see that. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe he was, too. But you know what? Again, these, these are situations he's never been through. So... It's easy for us to say on one hand that, you know, we thought he was mentally tougher and maybe he should have been. But again, on the other hand, this is a completely new experience. And I think that's um, it's hard to know how, how somebody's going to react. Um, you know, three game suspension, three. You know, here's the other thing. And, and I'm not discounting this as being a part of his issue either. Last year, we saw this happen. The exact same thing happened with Doug Martin who had a tremendous training camp. Anybody who was at training camp last year for the Buccaneers, anybody, anybody who watched him in preseason uh, knew that Doug Martin was by far head and shoulders above every other running back on the team. Um, suddenly he has that four weeks off because of his suspension. He comes back and he's nowhere near the same. He just isn't the same guy. Um, you know, what was the reason for that? Did he, did he lose his physical edge? Uh, being away for four weeks? Did, you know, something else happen? What, 
what was it? And, you know, we're saying the same thing, really, with James Winston. He's just not quite as sharp. And, you know, what's the cause of that? I, I, I don't know. Is, is it those three weeks off, that time away? Um, I think that probably has something to do with it. But you're right. From a mental standpoint, it is a little bit disappointing that Jameis hasn't been a little bit tougher. But, again, we really had nothing to, you know, gauge it by. And, uh, you know, so hopefully, you know, hopefully it doesn't have to go through this again. But, um, you know, it's, it's something that has to be uh, considered. All right, let me throw this out there because you, you've covered this team for a long time. I'd like to get your perspective on this, and, and you may think I'm crazy. You thought I was crazy before. But you covered the Josh Freeman years, and you saw Josh Freeman perform well, and it looked like he was going to get that big deal and he was going to get over the hump, and then the bottom fell out. And I know he wasn't the number one overall pick, but he was a high draft pick. And Jameis Winston's the number one overall pick, so that gives him a lot of wiggle room, obviously. But I tell you what, Roy, if you look at Josh Freeman's numbers and Jameis Winston's numbers – at this point in their career, they are eerily similar. Do you see any comparisons, or do you think it's apples and oranges? Well, man, oh man, I, I might say it's uh, Granny Smith apples and uh, you know some <laughs> other kind. Um, because boy, it's that that's a that's a tough stat to swallow if you're a if you're a Bucks fan right now because it's just evidence that uh, you know. Obviously, James Winston is, is really having a hard time. It's, it's remarkable that that's the case. Um, you know, but the other thing is, you know, and, and uh, look, I, I think Josh Freeman more than James Winston could argue, you know, argue the fact that James Winston wasn't surrounded by, I'm sorry, Josh Freeman wasn't surrounded by, by as much talent as James Winston has been. Not nearly as much. Yeah, not nearly as much. But at the same time, um, Josh Freeman didn't have much of a defense either. And his kicking game was often kind of spotty. And this is, you know, the same has happened with uh, Jameis Winston. And I think, I think they both were guilty of trying to do too much as quarterbacks when the opportunity, you know, when, when, you know, when they were in a situation, you know, where they're behind. And I think that's a big part of Jameis Winston's problems is he constantly tries to do too much. Uh, I think that was evident the other day. And I think it's been evident consistently uh, throughout his career is that he's a guy who tries to do too much. And uh, uh, Josh Freeman was kind of the same way, felt like it was all on his shoulders. Um, and when you you feel that way, you tend to take chances you shouldn't take. And um, that's, you know, we've seen that from both of these guys. Uh, Decision-making uh, is a bit of an issue. You know, the talent really is not a concern. But, um, you know, decision-making is. And, uh, you know, at least one thing we I think we know about Jameis is, off the field, at least, I think, you know, he's got some off-the-field issues, but they're not the same as Josh Freeman's. Right. Here's another thing that troubles me. I read an article over the weekend where Patrick Mahomes, who has a lot of weapons himself and is taking full advantage of him over in Kansas City, he basically said this is a guy in his second year who didn't play at all, really had one start in his rookie year. He said, you know what, I know, basically paraphrasing him, you know, I know I don't have to do it all. I have help around me. I don't have to do it all. I don't know if Jameis is ever going to learn that, Roy. You know, we keep saying the same damn thing every year, whether it's turn the ball over, not trying to do too much, blah, 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 blah. I mean, he keeps going. Is he ever going to learn, Roy? Because you're hearing a guy like Mahomes who hadn't been around a long time, and then, you know, we can compare him to all kinds of quarterbacks, but the fact is guys younger than him, from Jared Goff to Carson Wentz to Mahomes, and maybe even Baker Mayfield to some degree are playing better football than Jameis, who's in his fourth season. I think that's troubling. 
if you're if you're the Bucks brass right now? Uh, it is troubling, and you know I think if we go back and if we listen to a podcast from week week four um, when Jameis came back, uh, I'm pretty sure you would have heard me say that I hope one thing that Jameis Winston learned while he was away was how to just take what the defense is, it gives you from watching Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, something he should have learned from Ryan Fitzpatrick is just take what the defense gives you. Don't try to do too much. And it's, it's, it's evident now that he did not learn that uh, because he's still trying to do too much. But that, to me, is one of the keys to Ryan Fitzpatrick's success is he's basically doing what uh, – or taking what the defense gives him. He's doing a great job of that. Uh, he's not forcing the ball downfield. He's not forcing it into tight windows um, where, where danger lurks. He, he's, he's doing what the defense is allowing him to do and willingly taking a seven-yard uh, reception, if that's the case, a 12-yard reception, if that's the case, and when it's open to him, you know, a 48-yard reception. But he's not forcing the ball. And I think that's a big thing that James Winston has to still learn. To me, that's the key to him getting out of this slump and becoming the quarterback that he has to be. He's always going to be a risk taker. He is. That's in him. He's always going to run around and turn dead plays into, a lot, into you know, into plays that uh, everybody raves about. Um, that's part of who he is. You don't really want to lose that. But he's got to remember that uh, 89, 90% of the time, he's got to take what the defense gives him and not force situation not force the ball not try to get nine yards when seven will do um that's his problem right now and he could by watching Jay, uh ryan fitzpatrick he can learn a little bit more about how to do that well speaking of ryan fitzpatrick he's the guy now and this decision looks like uh it's not set in stone here's what dirk cutter had to say about uh what's going to happen in terms of his quarterbacks moving forward well just for right now you know, right now, I mean, the most important thing we got is this week. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to see see how things go. I mean, I don't I don't like switching quarterbacks. That's not uh, it's not in my makeup to switch quarterbacks. But we just feel like we got to make the switch at this time. And then Cutter went on to talk about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Of course, he lit it up the first two games and had a sh- kind of an up and down game against Pittsburgh Steelers. Came back week four against Chicago Bears and. Uh, Fitzmagic went away. Uh, here's what Dirk Cutter likes about Ryan Fitzpatrick and a big reason why he's going to start uh, this Sunday. He's done a really good job of putting the ball in the right spot, and we do have explosives, um, explosive players. He has said himself that in, in all his time playing, he's never been on a team that has this many guys that can, can make plays for him. And, uh, you know, he, he's just done a good job of putting the ball in in the right spot. So Ryan Fitzpatrick moving forward, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this Bucks team is not out of the playoff picture, despite all the noise surrounding this franchise. Roy, what do you what do you see from Fitzmagic? It's kind of hard to predict, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but well, I don't know. I mean, gosh, if he, if look, I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick knows, you know, what has to be done. I, I think he's a, a smarter quarterback now. I think he learned from some of his really down seasons. Uh, with the Jets, and uh, I think he's figured out that the best thing for me to do is, you know, just go out and put the ball in the right spot. All he's got to do, and this is something, another thing that Jameis Winston, I think, is, you know, sort of forgotten, is it's just put the ball in the hands of the playmakers. That's all you got to just get it to them. You, you don't have to 
you know, and there's so many of them out there that you've got your choice. If you go through your progressions and find the guy who's open, somebody's going to be open in this offense. I mean, it's just, you know, that's the way this offense is. There's so many weapons that somebody's going to get themselves open because uh, somebody's going to draw a double team. Two guys may draw a double team. Who knows? So, uh, the, you know, with all the, 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 the targets that are going out on passes, um, you're more than likely to have somebody, if not two guys, open. So just hit the right guy. Just go through your progressions, uh, hit the right guy, and be ready to make that throw uh, no matter who it is. And I think that's something that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick has learned. And it's, it would just be nice to see if James Winston can learn it uh, in a hurry because I think it's what he needs to kind of save his career right now. All right, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is a team guy, but he's got to be happy getting this opportunity once again. But I think the guy who may be even happier than Ryan Fitzpatrick is Deshaun Jackson, who apparently has made all this noise about wanting to get traded. The trade deadline has come, and it has gone. And Deshaun Jackson is still a member of this football team. What do you make of all this hubbub with Deshaun Jackson? I don't think there's any question that he asked for a trade. I think he asked for a trade because uh, Jameis Winston was the quarterback and he wasn't getting uh, the ball as often. Um you know, a lot of people, I think, want to believe that this is a result of Jameis Winston not having the same kind of chemistry with Deshaun Jackson that uh, that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. Uh, there may be something to that, but I don't think that's the real reason here. I think the real reason is that Deshaun Jackson knows he's number two and a distant number two in terms of who Jameis Winston wants to throw the ball to. Um, he wants to. Jameis Winston wants to throw the ball to Mike Evans. That is his best connection. And that's what he's looking to do. Um, you know, I don't think, and I think, I think Deshaun Jackson knows it. He realizes that he's never going to be the top target um, when uh, when James Winston's in the game, and, and I think that upset him. He figures, hey, I'm a number one. If you don't want to treat me like, like a number one, move move me on because I want to. I want to. I don't want to be a part of this. Well, Deshaun Jackson's going to, you know probably get a lot more attention as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick's in there. But overall, on the trade deadline, um, I'm, I'm never too hard on general managers in this circumstance because you never know what the other side is offering. You don't know what what's out there. I mean, people are all over Jason Light for not making moves, and then all of a sudden he picks up JPP in the offseason, and then he's a genius again. He's a genius in the draft, and all of a sudden people are like, no, it should have been Derwin James instead of Vita Vea. I get all the crazy fans out there. I get all that. But would you have liked to see – the Bucks pick up, you know, something, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think, you know, the offensively, obviously they have a lot going for them. But, but defensively, you know, HaHa Clinton Nix was picked up for a mid-round pick. I mean, the, the Saints get Eli Apple for a for a you know not a bad draft pick to give up. Would you have liked to have seen Jason Light do a little more? Yeah, no question. Um, and the names you just mentioned, uh, HaHa Clinton Dix, uh, a safety that the Packers let go for my for you know seemingly affordable amount. Uh, Eli Apple, a young cornerback who could help this team, I think. Um, you know, the whole Patrick Peterson thing has been out there. Um, look, you're right. What we don't know is it very well be – it very well could be – let's take HaHa Clinton Dix, okay, just for an example. It could very well be that HaHa Clinton Dix, that the Bucks called and said, look, we'll offer you, you know, a third-round pick for him. We'll, we'll give you what, what you want for him, whatever that, that is. And um, – it, it could be that that call came too late or maybe, you know, the Packers think, you know what? I, I, we think we're going to get a better draft pick out of these guys than we are out of them. Who knows? Um, maybe, maybe the deal was already cut with the other, but you know, maybe the call was made by the bucks and the deal was actually already cut by the Packers. Um, 
and, and maybe they got there too late. Maybe they got there early and, you know, again, maybe or who knows? You know, maybe the Glazers said, you know what, we're not trading any draft picks. That's how we want to build this team through the draft. We want to hold on to our draft picks. Maybe Jason Light made that call. I'm not giving up draft picks for, uh, you know, for veteran players. Uh, the other concern or the other thing they, they could have been thinking about, uh, and this has to factor into it, is what are you bringing into the locker room? How does that player, you know, fit? Um, is he going to be a good fit with everybody else? I'm not doubting that HaHa Clinton Dix or Eli Apple or anybody else would have been a good fit, but the Bucks know these players better than we do. Um, you know, they've interviewed them. That, that, that's one of the reasons you go through all the interviews and some of the processes you go through uh, leading up to the draft is because you want to get to know somebody. Um, you know, there could be something about their play that the scouts don't like. There could, there could be a, a dozen or more valid good reasons why the Bucks didn't make some of the deals that fans are going to be screaming about that they should have made. Um, what we don't know is what that real reason was. If the Bucks want to tell us, that'd be great. We'd all know. But uh, bottom line is, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're standing pat. And again, maybe they feel that they're going to have, uh, you know, they want to build through the draft. I mean, that, that makes all kinds of sense. Sometimes uh, trades and free agency doesn't really get you what you're looking for. So uh, it, it can be, um, you know, it, it can be a little bit dicey. It, it seems to make sense on paper, but in reality, it doesn't always make sense. Well, I think this defense needs a lot of help. And there were guys out there in the secondary. I don't know the whole dynamic, so I try to give these GMs the benefit of the doubt. But the Saints pick up Eli Apple, and he leads the team in tackles first game in. And he made an immediate impact in a lot of ways. So I don't know what happened there. Let me, let me go to Jameis before we get to our three and out, and we'll have fun with that. It'll be the Halloween edition. Roy, I know you and Justin look forward to that. But Jameis Winston, he has a big bonus coming up. But it'll all go away if he doesn't get hurt. Now, years ago, Robert Griffin III, you know, he would – they kind of kept him on the sidelines because they didn't want him to get hurt. They didn't want to pay him. If you're Jason Light, does that factor in at all? Because, you know, I don't know. I mean, to me, I want to renegotiate with Jameis, obviously, in the offseason. I don't want to pay him that money. I mean, can you imagine if he would have tore his ACL against Cincinnati after throwing all those picks, the outcry? I, I mean, it's, a, it's tough on these uh, – on the GM right now, Jason Light. Yeah, it's a tough call, but I don't think uh, – look, a lot of people are making a lot of noise about, you know, fear of injury, and that's why Jameis Winston won't play again this year because they don't want to, they don't want to be on the hook for the guarantee on the $21 million if he if he gets injured. Uh, I don't think that has anything to do with it. It's way too soon in the season to be worried about the effect of an injury this year on next year. You've got to worry about what's happening this week and then the week after, and the week after. You don't start shutting players down for a season uh, out of fear that they may hurt themselves more or hurt themselves initially or that you'll have to pay them a guarantee on on a uh, on an injury uh, guarantee or anything like that until the last two, three weeks of the season when you know darn well you're out of it. Um, I don't think that's factoring into it right now. Look, this decision with Jameis Winston was based on the basic simple facts that Jameis Winston is playing some of the worst football of his career at a time when he should be playing some of the best and that they've got a quarterback who has some magic in his arm right now. And if you're going to save this season, you better ride that magic and find out what you got there. Well, here's what Dirk Cutter said about Jameis Winston's future on this football team. So Jameis is a pro and uh, he will, he will continue to work on his craft. That's all he can do. 
I mean, very rarely is uh, switching quarterbacks forever. I mean, in, in this league, it's just look, look around the league. It's very rarely forever. And, uh, you know, Jameis, I'm sure, will get another chance at some point. And, you know, when he does, he, he just has to do a better job of taking care of the football. No guarantees from Dirk Ketter. Let me throw this uh, theory out there, Roy, and you just uh, – I think you'll disagree with this, but I've heard this too. What if, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't play well, and instead of Jameis, you put Ryan Griffin in there just to see what he has? I wouldn't have a problem with it. I, I think uh, – I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. Well, and, and, but the reason I wouldn't have a problem with it, uh, it, it depends on where you are in the season, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if the season is lost, then I definitely don't have a problem with it. I think you need to find out. Look, here's something a lot of people may not realize. Next year, you could have the same situation with these quarterbacks. Um, you could you could have you could go into the, you know you could go into next season saying, oh, you know what? It's a it's a wide open competition between three quarterbacks. Because here's the thing: you're not going to be paying that much. You think about the, and this is something fans need to understand. Most teams are paying a quarterback. Winning teams, championship caliber teams, most of them are paying the quarterback position, $30 million. Okay. They're paying a starter 20 something million. And then you've got a backup and maybe it's a veteran backup uh, who's making three, four, five million, something like that. And maybe you've got a third guy who's making, you know, minimum, uh, you know, NFL minimum, add it all up. And you're paying a certain amount, you know, of your salary cap is devoted to that position. It is the, you know, most expensive position per player because of, you know, who's there, but, that's how salary caps are kind of worked. You know, you have this, you have to realize that, look, their plan, it's already in their plan to pay Jameis Winston $21 million next year. Um, if they don't, they're not going to make a decision necessarily based on, oh, we can save $21 million and spend it on a left tackle or something else. That's not really what's driving their call, their decision here. So there's every reason to believe, as we sit here right now, that come next year in training camp, they may go to camp with the same three quarterbacks, and depending on what we see from now until the end of the season, say it's a wide-open competition. It's wide open. Best man wins. We're talking about trying to win football games this year, not worried about Jameis Winston's future or anybody else's future, or including the Bucks' future. We're not worried about 2020. We're worried about 2019 because right now they're worried about 2018, and that's the way it should be. I wonder if uh, Jason Light had any calls on Ryan Griffin. I, I imagine he's had a few. He probably has. They've had him before. Um, they probably have. Uh, yeah. But I, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know that the NFL is that needy uh, at the quarterback position right now. You look around the league, there aren't, you know, we haven't had a, a lot of, no. I, I'm trying to think of a quarterback that's really gone down and, and is hurt. I don't think any team is really suffering at the position. So, um, and usually... Buffalo. Well, well, but yeah, but um, they they might have an interest, but um, but that's a team that would probably have an interest in Jameis Winston. I'm what I'm wondering is, you know, did anybody call for Jameis Winston? Yeah, you know, remember last week we uh, threw out that would you take two first round picks for Jameis Winston, and uh, we had a debate on it. Boy, they what they would give for two first round draft picks now. <laughs> I mean, I just. I just think if, if you have any kind of offer like that, I would get rid of Winston. You'd probably disagree with me on that, though, wouldn't you? You want to keep him? The only, yeah, I do. But the only reason I do is because, look, who? okay, let's say you make that deal. Who's your quarterback next yeah. year? 
I don't I mean, you and I, I think, differ on this, that I just don't have any faith that he's going to change. Now, I like the fact that he's a riverboat gambler and all that stuff. But, boy, you got to have the balance there. And I just feel like that guy has been given every shot in the world. And not only, Roy, is he troubling on the field, but let's just say he played decent this year. Didn't light it up, but played decent. You know, kind of picked up where he left off last year. I would still worry if I gave him that money, what am I going to have off the field? You have a lot of guys who aren't good on the field, but they're great off the field. And with Jameis, it's almost been, what's the worst thing you could do, Jameis, after last season? You could probably get in trouble again. And we found out it was a couple of years ago, but he lied about it. So there was an off-the-field problem. And then he has the season he's had so far where you can't really have a worse game than you had in Cincinnati. So to me, Jameis Winston has cost himself so much money. He's cost himself all the credibility in his locker room. And if I'm the general manager, boy, I just uh, I worry about that injury in the back of my mind. I know you can't you can't play like that, but I just I can't put my future on this guy. If I'm a general manager or head coach, I just can't. That's I, how I, I, I see your point, and I'll say this: um, I cannot disagree any longer with anyone who says quit on him, move on, go to the next guy. Can't can't argue that. Um, I just know also for a fact, however, that. The Buccaneers are an organization that has never given a quarterback a second contract. The Buccaneers are an organization that gave up on quarterbacks such as Steve Young, Doug Williams. Um, uh, they gave up on uh, they gave, uh, they've given up on just several quarterbacks. So Vinny Testaverde, who went out and became a pretty decent player, uh, Trent Dilfer went on to win a Super Bowl. Um, there are ways to work with these quarterbacks when they're in years five and beyond. Uh, that, that make them winners. You, I think one of the biggest problems with the NFL and the quarterback position is that most of the most of the teams in this league quit on their quarterbacks way too soon. And I think the Buccaneers are a perfect example of it. Um, and I think they might be making the same mistake again. I, I think it's worth holding on and seeing what else can be done with him. You know, maybe another coaching staff can get something out of this guy. Um, you think about it. Again, the Bucks they've never given a quarterback a second contract. They've won one Super Bowl, and that was with a quarterback that they picked up, you know, in a deal. And, you know, that – so, you know, I, I think you've got to – at some point, this is the NFL. you got to find a coach who can coach the position, don't you? And, and yeah, when, when, you've got talent. Remember, so remember. coach – but remember, Dirk Cutter got the job because he apparently was the Jameis whisperer. He was the guy that worked with them, and, and he felt comfortable with Dirk Cutter, and they had that great relationship. I just feel like the only way Jameis Winston is going to be successful is if he is somewhere else. The, the, the community's not behind him. I don't think the team is behind him. He's not playing well. I don't put my future on that guy at all. I, I'm done with Jameis Winston. I'll go ahead and say it. I don't think he has – I don't think he's going to be good in this league. I just think there are too many problems both on and off the field. So let me ask you this, Roy. Knowing what you know now, if you, if you could draft over again, would you draft Jameis or Marcus Mariota? I, I still think I'd draft Jameis because he's still the guy who played in the pro-style offense. Uh, I think he was still the better quarterback of the two. Um, I think he's still the better leader of the two. Uh, yes, he comes with a little more risk, but I still think that at the end of the day, um, he's got the better chance to succeed in this league. Um, I think he's the sturdier player, the more 
uh, physically dependable player. And I think at the end of the day, he's still going to be the better player. I think it's an interesting argument because Marcus Mariota is never going to give you problems off the field. You, know, you give Jameis money, I would always kind of worry about that if I'm an organization. Is this guy going to go and do something dumb and embarrass us? And, you know, we've already given him a second chance. But if you look at their numbers, through 48 starts, Jameis Winston has 75 touchdowns and 54 interceptions. Marcus Mariota, one less start, has 14 fewer touchdowns, but 15 fewer interceptions. So, I think he's more of a game manager. He's not going to hurt you, but he's not going to wow you. And I think that's always been the allure of Jameis Winston, that he gives you that potential wow factor. But until he can calm the hell down and stop turning the ball over and making the same mistakes, I just can't ride with this guy. So with that said, you know what time it is, Justin. Here we go. You know, as much as I love that music, we should have had a little monster mash or something. Maybe we had a copyright issue with that. The Halloween version of the three and out. I don't know about you guys. I love friggin' Halloween, man. The thing I love about Halloween is it's easy. You know, you don't have to wrap presents. And I'm not trying to be a Grinch or anything. You throw a costume on, you get candy, man. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's the best. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Good deal, man. All right. Our first one. Um, Who's been the spookier starter in his career? Because if you look at their numbers, they are the biggest turnover machines since they stepped into the NFL. Who's been spookier, Blake Bortles or Jameis Winston? Wow. Um, I'm going to go with Blake Bortles. I, I, know, I, know, I know you're basically talking about the same quarterback. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to go with Blake Bortles. You can go tie if you want. You know, you know why I'm going with Bortles because Jameis Winston is still going to make great plays. He's going to Jameis Winston is going to make a dozen, as you said, wow factor plays, and then he's going to then he's going to have two plays that make you you know beat your head against the wall. But I'll take those those dozen wow factor plays. There's something special now. So. Um, I kind of like that. So I'll, I think the scarier player is actually Blake Bortles because he doesn't give you the thrill of the big play. What about you, Justin? Um, uh, I'm leaning more towards Jameis only because he was the number one overall pick. Uh, you know, I think people thought he would, yes, he came with he, some of the, turnover prone that he would had in college but that he would fix that adjust i i don't know i, I think bortles is still starting and Jameis isn't so you got a point there <laughs> i'm gonna go with Jameis. i'm gonna go with uh, Jameis's worst because here's my thing I, I agree with you roy the wow factor is there but the, the, it's been even more of a wow factor with, wow, I can't believe you threw four turnovers against the Bengals and the, the way you threw them. And, and with with everything you've been saying the last couple of months, and I hate to do it off one game, but we've seen too many games similar to that. And Blake Bortles, to me, is one of those guys, boy, well, if, if he's got a healthy running back, he's a, he's a different guy. I mean, with Leonard Fournette in there, he was a different quarterback last year. So I would make sure if Blake Bortles has to be my guy, I would have a lot of healthy running backs on my team because, boy, he is a different quarterback with that whole dynamic. All right, keeping with the Halloween theme, our second question in our three and out, three questions and we're out of here. If you could dress up like any 
if you could dress up, and it's kind of a Halloween thing, but if you could dress as any NFL player and play to their capabilities on a Sunday, or it could be a Monday or Thursday, for one game, if you could be one player, dress up like one player and be that player for one game active in the NFL right now, who would it be? Tom Brady. I mean, he's the best, right? Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. And when the game's over, you know, hey, going home. So (laughs) not a bad welcoming uh, party, is it? So uh, I want to be Tom Brady. Uh, He's protected well. He's smart as heck. Um, Got a great coach behind him. Uh, I'll take Tom Brady. Justin. Well, I had someone, but then uh, Roy made me think about the fact of going home with a win. Uh, but my person I was thinking of would be Odell Beckham Jr. I just think he the amount of talent he has is insane. And to be able to play and, and know what it feels like to have that kind of talent would be really interesting. So I'm, I'm going to stick with someone like him. I'd like to see you with Odell Beckham's hair. When Roy first said going home, I thought he was going the Giselle route, but uh, I, I guess I just said the game and that was it. Um, you know, I, I was going to go all wild card on you guys and say Taysom Hill with the Saints because that guy, to me, every Ooh, week – That's a good one, yeah. It, it's something different. I mean, that guy, to me, is what Tim Tebow maybe could have been. He's a better athlete than Tebow, but he's returned kicks. He's made special teams tackles. He's thrown the ball. He's caught the ball. He's ran with the football. I asked him if he could kick. He said he actually kicked the 47-yarder in high school, so they may have him do that before the season's off. But you know what? Watching Patrick Mahomes, I like to be Patrick Mahomes for one game. And that offense, as much fun as they're having, and uh, Tom Brady can't really beat that, Roy, so I think he had the best answer. But, you know, I'm going to say Taysom Hill because that's a little different. Taysom Hill's my answer, but uh, it's hard to argue with Tom Brady. pick for, uh, for right now, the way things are going, man. Yeah, his numbers are crazy. All right, here we go. Last question, our three and out. I don't know if you guys love Halloween as much as I do. Maybe not. But uh, in your lifetime, Roy Cummings and Justin Thomas, what was your best Halloween costume? (laughs) Best. Um, Best. Probably a hobo, I guess. But when I was a kid, my my mom used to dress us up in some old – beat up clothes and stuff like that and did the makeup and everything. And, uh, she nailed it pretty good. So, um, that was probably the best I ever <laughs> did. Cause it, was, it, it wasn't one of those costumes, you know, that you bought at the store, you know, for three bucks or whatever. Um, right. you know, it was, it was like a real, uh, a, a real costume kind of, you know, sort of made from scratch with uh, special effects, so to speak. Nice. Justin, what do you got? Um, I think the best costume, or at least the one that I most enjoyed a night out of Halloween, was when I dressed up as Indiana Jones. There you go, Harrison Ford again. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was in college, you know, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. My roommate was like 6'4", and we were Bartles and James. Remember Bartles and James? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. You had Ed, who never said anything, and then you had the short, chubby guy. Yeah. You know, we went, got some suspenders, and all we had to do was, you know, kind of wear the clothes and hold Barles and James, and <laughs> good night, man. Yeah, that's a good call, man. <laughs> so there you go. 
Well, listen, um, I guess we'll get predictions next podcast, but uh, that was mostly Jameis Fitzpatrick uh, domination, but that's what everybody's talking about. We also touched on the deadline. So uh, good stuff out of you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, that's another rendition of a few extra bucks. That's three and out. Remember, you can subscribe to PeterPyrus.com. It is free. We'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Sea Dog Brewing Company. Great brews, great food, great service. We will talk to you again later in the week. We'll preview the Bucks game against those Carolina Panthers where Fitz Magic will be back on the field. Until next time, we'll see you down the road.